Now, some of you are saying, are we allowed to do that in church? Is that, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, um, that particular song I asked the band to do um, because the longing that you hear in those lyrics, this sense of please accept me, please let me be who I'm designed to be, that's a longing that has existed in us since the fall of man. You know, when God created the Garden of Eden, when he created Adam and Eve, there was perfect acceptance there. There was this harmony in relationships that was incredible between Adam and Eve and God. They lived in this, in this world of wonder and discovery and being treasured by each other. Something that we can't imagine until sin entered. And once sin entered the world... Everything changed. All of a sudden, there was separation from God. Those relationships that had been designed from the beginning of time, those relationships that were perfect were no longer. And Adam and Eve then hid from God. They made excuses. They felt insecurity for the very first time. They felt what it was like to be defensive about their behavior. They understood what it meant to be bullied and berated, not by God, but by Satan and by themselves. They understood for the first time guilt. And they understood the foolishness of what they had done to try and become like God. They cried out, not with a conviction, a sense of desperation or defensiveness. I am me. This is, this is me. Instead, they cried out, God, will you help me? Will you help me discover what I've lost? Can you, can you come back and change what's happened? We've been talking for the last four weeks about my fit, about how God has made us and empowered us to live here on earth. The reason that we've done that is because we will never fit if we don't understand our identity, who we were made to be, what we were made to do, where we were meant to go. I, I love it that Josh in his testimony last week and in today he talked about his identity in Christ. We will never understand what we're here for unless we understand our identity in Christ. We've talked in the last four weeks, we've talked about our passions the, those things that drive us, that compel us, that get us fired up, that cause us to, to action. They create this automatic response of compassion or justice or purpose. Moses' passion to take care of his nation, the nation of Israel. Paul's passion to bring the good news about Jesus to a non-Jewish world. And Jesus' passion to bring reconciliation, the reconciliation that had been needed since the Garden of Eden. We talked uh, the next week about the spiritual gifts that God gives us, that he's given us to build up the body of Christ, to give credibility to the church in the world around us, a world that doesn't know, doesn't understand God's love in the way that they could. We talked last week about our unique abilities, our talents that God has given us. That God has given us just what we need in order to accomplish what he has called us to do. 
and, uh, and that God has given us unique abilities and talents that we will give an accounting for ultimately when we stand before him, whether or not we use them or don't use them, whether or not we develop them or let them, that, that, let them sit on the side. Today we're finishing the series by talking about our personalities. This is me. Personality is that creative flair that God builds into each of us. His thumbprint that he places on us that says, this is me. Uh, when I was thinking about this whole concept of, of personality, I, I thought, you know, it's kind of like we're the canvas and God is the artist. And, and the, the special stuff that he, that he adds to each of us to make us unique, to make us special, that's our personality. The dictionary says that personality is the combination of characteristics or qualities that form an individual's distinctive character. That's a mouthful. I think a more practical, a, a more practical description is this. Personality is the unique mix that we have of the way that we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we behave. Scripture never uses the word personality to define or describe us, but Scripture talks clearly about recognizing our uniqueness and celebrating it. Uh, if you've got the app open, if you've got your Scripture open, turn to Psalm 139, verse 14. The psalmist says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was made in the secret place in the womb, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God said to the prophet Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God has designed each of us uniquely, distinctively, exceptionally for some purpose here. He has put that creative flair in us, in our personality, that makes us special. Before, before we were born, he set us apart to have a footprint here on earth that would be distinct to each of us, that the world would be a different place if we weren't here. Personality, how does that fit with how God made us? You know, how, how does that fit in the big picture of things? Paul wrote to the church in, in Thessalonica and described the makeup of who we are. In that, he said this, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he describes us as spirit, soul, and body. Three distinct parts and yet one. We understand what our body is. That's the easiest thing uh, to understand. It's what we see. Um, in the Old Testament, Samuel was getting to ready, ready to anoint a new king for the nation of Israel. And he goes to see Jesse and he calls out his sons. And he looks at the sons and um, he sees the oldest son who's handsome and tall and muscular. And, and Samuel says, man, that's got to be the guy. But the Lord said to Samuel, do, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't look at things people look at. 
People look at the outward appearance, the body, but the Lord looks at the heart. Our spirit is our heart. It's the, it's the, it's the descriptor that, that, that best describes that in scripture. It describes our character, our values. Our personality is how our heart is expressed. It's the way that we think and feel and behave. It's God's creative flair expressed in our spirit. Our soul is the part of us that will live in eternity. It's the eternal part of us. Our personality is the skin of our soul. It's what houses that. I believe our personality will go with us into heaven. I think when scripture talks about recognizing people in heaven, about there being some sense of awareness of what's going on, it's not just this um, disembodied soul. I think our personality will fit with our soul in a way that makes us recognizable to each other, recognizable to God, recognizable to what God has done throughout history. Body, soul, and spirit. Our personality is the way that our heart is expressed. It's the skin of our soul. For thousands of years, the world has recognized the importance and the uniqueness of each person's personality. Uh, uh, 400 years BC, uh, Hippocrates in the Greek culture uh, did a, he, he wrote a paper that talked about the four different personality types that existed in mankind. He was a, a doctor, the Hippocratic Oath, you recognize that name. Um, Hippocrates said that, the, that people's personality broke down into four different groups, into the sanguine, the melancho melancholic, the choleric, and the phlegmatic. Um, he, uh, have you heard those before? Yeah, okay. We, we, we won't jump into that. Um, uh, you jump forward a couple thousand years. Carl Jung, um, about a hundred years ago, a psychologist, uh, talked about the personalities, and he said that they fit into really four kind of categories. There are people who are thinkers, people who are feelers, people who are sensors, and people who are intuitive. They, they just uh, intuitively know things. Myers-Briggs did an analysis for personalities that took Jung's work and, um, and said, okay, all four of those characteristics, that uh, thinking, feeling, sensing, intuitive, um, people can be on either end of those spectrums. And, and, and uh, Myers-Briggs created 16 different personality types, E-N-T-F, right, uh, I-S-J, Something, yeah, that's right. That, all, all those letters, if you ever heard that, if you've done that at work, that's designed to help you recognize the uniqueness of your personality. Um, other, other personality tools that are used in the corporate world, in the secular world, whatever, the DISC test, anybody know DISC? Uh, uh, dominance, uh, in, in, intuition, or inducement, submission, compliance. The thing that's going on right now is the Enneagram. Anybody heard about the Enneagram? It's kind of the biggest thing in the last five or ten years that uh, everybody's kind of doing that. It says that there are nine different personality types. Um, all of that to say, any, there's one more, the animal one from Gary Smalley, any, lion, beaver, uh, golden retriever, otter, that kind of thing. All those describe how we act, how we react and interact with the world, the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we behave. Um, a couple of things that 
as we, as we take a look at our personality and how all this fits together, there's some things that I want to share this morning that, that I, I think are really important. I recognize this. In that song that the band sang, sang there is this sense, there's this sense of um, uh, almost defiance. This is me. You know what? You've got to accept me, who I am. Um, and, and that's true. We'll talk more about that in a second. But there is this sense in which it's important for us to recognize that there is no one personality type, no one personality that's better than any other, right? There's no one that's better than another, God made you uniquely. He put his thumbprint on you. And so you don't need to try and, and be anybody else. You, you can't aspire to a certain personality type. You know what? If, if, you're in the, in the, if, if your personality is one that likes safe and steady, uh, a secure world, you can, learn, you can learn how to be a very directive leader. You can learn those skills, but it will never feel normal for you because God created you with your unique personality. Those skills, you can, you can begin to implement. You can use them at work. You can use them in your family, but it just won't feel right because God made you uniquely. Your personality is not your character. It's, it's, not, it's not that part of your nature. Your personality is not how you deal with stress or conflict. Your personality is not your physical appearance, your body. Understand that there are people in our world that our culture would say, oh, you know what, their appearance is very average in in terms of the physical way that they look. But they are beautiful people because the way their personality gets lived out in their life. The Holy Spirit working in them through that personality all of a sudden changes the dynamic of who they are as a person. Your personality is not the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit that we've talked about before. The fruit of the Spirit is what grows in us as we allow God to have greater and greater control of our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is what happens as the Holy Spirit lives in us and and that takes root and it begins to change us. An extrovert who's the life of the party will still be an extrovert after the Holy Spirit comes in and does its work and grows its fruit in him. The difference will be that that person who's an extrovert that the Holy Spirit has taken control of will be that that, that extrovertedness will be tempered with self-control and gentleness, and kindness. They'll have a sensitivity to people that maybe they wouldn't have had otherwise. A a type A personality, a person who's a go-getter who accomplishes things, uh, a a strong achiever that just wants to charge ahead, will still be that person as the Holy Spirit is working in him. But all of a sudden, that drive, that sense of achievement that they have, will be tempered by patience, and humility, and forgiveness, that if the Holy Spirit's not doing his work in that person, those things might get lost. Your personality is not your wounds and your scars, your weaknesses. For all of us, we've experienced difficult things in life. Some of us have experienced challenges that happened from birth. Some have experienced challenges that have impacted our lives because of accidents, because of things that other people have done to us, and we carry those wounds and scars. Your personality may be impacted by those things, but the personality that God gave you with has the ability to shine through whatever has happened in your past and reflect on the goodness 
and the, and the character of God. Your personality is not your attitude. H- hear this one, because this, one, th- this one's painful, all right? If you have a lousy attitude when you're tired or before you've had your cup of coffee in the morning, that's an issue with self-control, all right? That's not your personality. If you're a gossip, if you don't tell the truth, if you're divisive or greedy or arrogant, those are sin issues. That's not your personality. You hear that? Personality is not your emotions. Your personality is how you fit in the world, how you relate to others, how you react to life's circumstances. It's the stuff that makes you uniquely you. The unique mix of the way that you think and feel and behave. Again, in this MyFit series, we've talked about passions, giftedness, abilities, personality. Passion is what drives you. Spiritual gifts are given to build up the body of Christ. Abilities are those things that we're either born with innately or that we develop. And our personality is the housing that kind of brings all of that together. So here's the question. Why is this important for us? Why are we taking a a time and a message to talk about our personality within the context of the body of Christ? It's because your personality expresses the creative nature of God. Don't miss that. God gave you your personality. He wants to amplify that personality that he's given you for good by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of his word. God loves you and loves your personality. Don't miss that. He treasures what he has put into, into you. He, your spirit, your spunk, your sense of humor, the way that you handle challenges, the things that bring you joy. God delights in that. So don't try and be someone else. You don't need to become your boss. You don't need to, need to become your parents or your teacher or your mentor or one of your friends. But you do need to allow Jesus to refine and to shape your personality so that his glory can be shown off to the world, not yours. Your personality should continually develop to reflect the beauty and glory of God. Your personality is not something that's stagnant. That God, there should always be this sense of God refining what's in our personality. He gave it to us for his glory, but he wants it to be redeemed in the way that he created it to be, not the way that it has become in its broken and marred fashion. God has things for you to do in this world that your personality is ideally suited for. Things that you can do in a way that only you can do them. When you do them, it leaves an imprint on the world, on this church, on your family, as unique as a snowflake or a diamond. God wants you to continue to refine your personality, to work out the quirks that are there by the power of his spirit. Our passion has to do with why we do things. Our abilities have to do with the what that we do. Our gifts have to do with who we do them for. And our personality has to do with how we do those things. God has you here at North Point. He has you here in mid-Michigan. He has you alive in 2019 for a purpose. You need to find and accomplish that purpose. 
Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus and said, God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it. It's the gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for good things that we've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. How do you find that purpose? That's what this MyFit series is all about. How do you, how do you discover that? I, I want to give you four takeaways, four um, application things that maybe uh, through the app, through your brain, that, that you can just kind of settle on the, these things. How do you find that purpose? The first thing is something that, that is, is uh, a learning for me that's been very real. It's, it's this. Slow down, slow down and reflect on who you are. Slow down and reflect on what gets you jazzed, what gives you life, and what steals it. Slow down and relax. Take a look at your life and think about, as I look back on my life, what are the common themes that have been there? about ways that I've been used that have, that have excited me, that have been really cool, that have just gotten me fired up. Slow down and relax. Many of you know, um, I, uh, Deb and I were gone most of the month of June on a, on a trip to Alaska. Um, it was a 19-day package tour that we did, and we were actually gone for about 23 days, I think, something like that. It was, it was a crazy amount of time. Um, if, if, I can, if I can just be real open and honest about that, one of the things that that trip taught me, um, um, it's, it has brought me a lot of um, guilt and shame. Um, not for going on the trip, but for this reason. On that trip in the beauty of God's creation, I was refreshed and recreated um, in a way that I've never been before. I, in that period of time, I experienced God's goodness in a way that came because I checked out completely from work and just heard from him and looked at what he had made. Um, all my life, we've, had, we've got six kids, and, and so our vacations were always um, uh, traveling from, from the East Coast back to the Midwest to be with our family, to spend time with family. Our vacations were always with six kids going and doing, driving, getting everything done. You, you've got to experience this stuff. You've got to see these things. And, and more times than not, I came back from vacation more tired than I was before I left. If I can just share from my heart, when you have opportunity for vacation, take time to be refreshed and recreated. Don't spend all your time going to see extended family, as important as that is. Don't spend all your time going and doing, going from one place to another. Do spend time being in God's creation and sensing what he has done and being refreshed in that process. Not everybody can go for an extended period of time like we did in June. It's the first time that we've done it in our lives. But, um, but the benefit of creating time away where you can just sit back and let go of everything and listen to God is so, so important. Create times of retreat. Create times where you're not doing anything. Times that you can listen for God's voice where you can sense his presence in the beauty of his creation. Second thing, in, in terms of finding your purpose, is to, is to spend time with God. Um, we haven't talked about it. I, you know, it's been a while since we finished the Taste It series, but man, I hope you're still uh, just reading in God's word in incredible ways. 
Listen for God's voice. Hear him speak through his word. Spend time with him in prayer, not just giving your request, but listening for his voice. Being silent in his presence. Spend some time watching the sunset and just listening for God. Third thing, identify your passions, your spiritual gifts, your abilities, your personality. That's what this series has been all about. Just taking some time to look at what's going on in your life. Have conversations with your family and close friends to say, you know what, I think that this is how I react to the world. Can you just give me some feedback? What do you see in me that is God's unique thumbprint on me? Maybe, maybe some things that I'm not using that God's given. What, what do you see? We have a tool in the North Point app um, that, that I just want to take you through again. Um, you might have done this the first week of the series with Chris or the second week of the series when I went through it. But if you have your phone, if you would take it out, and I want to walk through it again. And um, if you've already completed this, if you've already done this task, I want to encourage you to just do it again and to look back at your answers from two or three weeks ago um, and, and think, oh, is that really who I am? And, and just do a little bit of analysis. So here's what I want you to do. Take out the app. Uh, uh, if you haven't downloaded the North Point app, go ahead and do that. And then click on My North Point. Once you click on My North Point, um, you, uh, up in the top left-hand, uh, go ahead and, and go to the next slide. Um, up in the top left-hand corner where the menu th- thing is, click on that. In that top left-hand corner. And then click on the Serve tab that's there. When you do that, um, they'll come up a thing that says My Personal Fit. And it will list passions, abilities, spiritual gifts, um, and personality. And go down through each of those categories and just go through the checklist. Know that if there are only four or five things that will show up on your screen on your phone, probably scroll down through because there's a lot more than that. And just go through that process and say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. No, that's not me at all. Go through that process and do that. And then when, you, when you've done that on all four categories, on, on um, passions, on spiritual gifts, on abilities, on personality, be sure and click save. And when you do that, what will, what will come up is a list of opportunities that are here at North, North Point that might be a good fit for you. If you scroll over to the right-hand side, the, you then have the ability to, to um, ask for more information, to, to uh, connect with the leader in that particular area. You have the ability to apply for, uh, to serve in that area. Um, you can do what, whatever you need to do, you can do that off on the right-hand side. What will probably happen is that there'll be a whole bunch of stuff that shows up. And the way that I would encourage you is to just simply look at that, look at those things and, um, and, and say, which, which one gets me excited? Which one fires me up? And then start to make some, some, uh, some clicks, some interaction about that. Here's the last thing that I think can help in finding your purpose. Say yes to things that sound interesting or wherever there's a need. You know, it's easy for us at age 20 or age 50 or age 80 to say, this is me. This is who I am. This is who I'm meant to be. And, and to at that point say, this is, this is all I've got and, um, and I know what I'm supposed to do. And if we do that, we may never really discover God's unique flair in our personality as it meets the world. Try something new. 
Try something new. Whether you're young or old, try something new that God may have designed you for. Um, I, I love my grandma. Uh, my, my grandma was born in 1898, a completely different generation. Um, one of the things that was really cool about my grandma was she had a, she had a really fun sense of humor. She was, she was just a great grandma in terms of loving her kids. But one of the things as an adult that I look back on I think was really cool was when she turned 60, she decided, I want to learn how to paint, like oil paint, not like watercolors, like big painting stuff. She had my grandpa build her a studio out attached to their house. And she began to take lessons, began to try her hand, and began to paint these paintings that that now are really, really cool. If you come to my house, in our living room, we have two of the things that my grandma painted. She never started painting until she was 60. That artistic part of her nature that was always there as a musician, but had never expressed it in that way, didn't happen until after she had turned 60, when she said, you know what, God, you have made me uniquely, and there's something that I've missed that I need to explore. As a kid, we would go and, and take the clay out of her studio and, and form little animals and form dinosaurs and all kinds of stuff and then paint them and put them in the kiln. And it, it was an incredible thing to be able to take those home and put them on our shelf. We couldn't have done that if my grandma wouldn't have said, you know what, I'm going to try something new. Here's the deal. You've been given a gift. God has placed his fingerprint on you. We're going to be held accountable for what he has given us. And we need to, we need to take what he's given and to put it into action and to impact the world. We need to impact the body of Christ here at North Point. We will never be the body that God designed us to be unless we are all serving, unless we're all using our personality, our gifts, our abilities um, for his glory in this place. There's a sense in which we can all sing, this is me, this is who I'm meant to be, not with defiance, but with this voice of celebration, recognizing that God is the one who has put his fingerprint on us. God is the one who said, I made you for a purpose. God is the one who sent his son, Jesus, to redeem us, to fix that which was broken in the garden when sin entered the world, and to celebrate and demonstrate his glory in a way that we never imagined. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it. It's the gift of God. Salvation isn't a reward for the good things that we've done or do. None of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Let's pray. Father God, we marvel at the world around us. We marvel at uh, what we see, uh, how we see that you've worked in other people, in the uniqueness of them and of us. God, our desire this morning is that we wouldn't take our, our uniqueness, our personality, and hide it, that we wouldn't try and make it conform to everyone else, but that we would be who you have called us to be for your glory, not for our own. 
Help us to do that, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together, let's sing.